Welcome to Passion Life Church. Does anybody believe that it's time to dream again? Does anybody believe at Passion Life Church, not Dull Life Church, that it's time to dream again? Well, welcome to part four of a series that we've been simply entitled Dreamers. And what we're doing is we are speaking to the dreamer in you. You know, life can get so routine. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like sometimes, you know, this week came upon us. And we're like, wow, you know, it's a holiday weekend. And we kind of would just like, you know, we can get so busy that we even forget it's time to rest. And it's time to, you know, party a little bit. And so that's how life can be. And I think with that same understanding, and we can get so busy and, and forget, like, are, are we even going towards our dreams anymore? The God-given dream that he has given us. And that's what the series is about, to remind us. And I believe that God wants you to dream. And, and I'll tell you why. Because he gave you an imagination. And uh, I think it's funny how a lot of times when it comes to our imagination, uh, we can be so negative when it comes to our imag- imagination, use it for the negative. You know, I hear people talk and they're like, oh, the season's changing. And I don't know if I can go outside because of my allergies and I may get a cold then I'm going to get the flu and then I'm going to die. Wow. That's a big imagination for the, for the negative. You know, but how come we don't say this is going to be the greatest season ever of my life? You know what? I'm going to walk outside. The sky is blue. The sun is shining and something good is going to happen to me today. Why can't we use our imagination for and have some faith? I just think it's funny, but God has given us an imagination and he wants us to dream again. And I really believe that in this series, it's more than just going through a series. I really believe that God is calling you and he's calling our church to start to dream again. And uh, for some of us, you know, I think life can be overwhelming with some problems that we have, but um, you know, and with those problems, it can cause us to have such a little mindset And when I was praying over doing this series, I really felt like God was saying, Phil, it's time to think big. It's time to start thinking bigger. It's time for you to start thinking beyond today and having a picture of the great future that God has for you. And so I have entitled today the favor, the difference maker. I believe that In every dream, there is an element, a special element that every dreamer needs. And that element that we need is God's favor. And so I've entitled today, Favor the Difference Maker. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. We've been looking at this dreamer. His name is Joseph. We talked about why a dream is important in your life. We talked about what a dream will do for you. And we're following Joseph because even even just, again, studying his life, it seems like everything goes wrong, but yet his dream comes true. The God-given dream that he has comes true, but life circumstances are contrary. His brothers are cray-cray. Come on, somebody. They hate him. They kill. They want to kill him. His father loves him more. Total dysfunctional family. And yet I look at that. And when I read that, I'm like, man, I think I got problems. 
whoo-hoo. Man, when I look at Joseph and in all of the circumstances, God was faithful to him and his dream came true. And the good news is if God can do it for Joseph, he can do it for you. And so we've been following his journey and remember that his brothers stripped him of this robe that his father gave him. And, you know, Jacob gave Joseph this robe of many colors. And, you know, that really bothered the brothers. And so they, they took that off and they threw him in a pit. And last week's message was don't quit in the pit. Do you remember that? Don't quit in the pit. Why can't you quit in the pit? Because the pit's not final. It's not your final destination. The palace is your destination. The ring that he's going to put on your finger is your destination. There's a robe, a royal robe that is your destination. You can't pit. You can't quit in the pit. And so we find Joseph in the pit. And you may have been in a pit. You may be in a pit right now. But can I just tell you, here's what we want you to know. If you are in the pit, that means God is right there with you today. You are not alone. But here's what can happen in the pit. The pit is the small well. And when you're in a small well, you can start thinking small because you're in a small place. And I think that's the tension that can happen in our lives is we have this big dream. Oh, but look at my resources. Oh, I have this big dream, but I have a small bank account. I have no savings. Here's where I'm at, Pastor Phil. You know, I have this big dream, but I'm just in this small job. Can I tell you, just don't start thinking small. You may be in a small place, but this is why we need to dream and have a big dream because the dream is a picture of your future. And so we can dream big. How can you have the audacity to talk about dreaming big? Because we have a big God who loves to do the impossible in our lives, right? And let's just look real quick before we turn to Genesis 39 at our theme scripture. It says this, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. God can do anything, the Message Bible says. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around but working within us but deeply and gently within us and so we find Joseph in a pit now his brothers realize I, I just think it's funny because he's in a pit and his brothers it shows you they're conscious they're over there eating some subway right and or Jersey Mike's whatever you prefer and their brothers like struggling in a pit it just shows that they're conscious and one of them has the bright idea hey look Let's not kill him when we can make money off of him. You know what? Um, let's put him on Craigslist and see how much we can get for him. And so we'll put him on Craigslist and let's sell this guy. And so they take him out of the pit. And it, it, let, this is where we pick this up in Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. So they take him out of the pit. They sell him uh, to uh, the Ishmaelites. And they take him down to Egypt. And Potiphar, somebody say Potiphar. He owns Pottery Barn. No, I'm kidding. So, and Potiphar, <laughs> that was dumb. All right. But you get better in the offering, you get better jokes. Come on, somebody. An officer of Pharaoh. So here's Potiphar. He's an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard. So Potiphar is like the guard, the top guy from Pharaoh's secret service. I mean, this guy is the top dog when it comes to Pharaoh. It says an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Verse 2, listen to this. This is important. But the Lord 
was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all. Everybody say that with me, say all. The Lord made all that he did prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor. Somebody say favor. Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. Verse five. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptians house for Joseph's sake. Man, there's something to be said about that. We're going to talk about that. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he did in the house and in the field. Verse six, thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread that he ate. Come on, bow your heads for just a moment. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your favor and your grace. Lord, we could not have made it this far without your grace and your favor. Lord, teach us today how to walk in that favor. In Jesus' name, and all the dreamers said, and all the dreamers said, amen. You know, I think what's interesting about his story is there is a secret sauce to Joseph's life. There was always something special about Joseph. And there's something special about you. And I don't just say that. There's something different. I I just find it interesting that we all just, the world just tries to get us to conform to one thing. And yet God has made you fearfully and wonderfully and uniquely. And and Joseph had something on his life. And that secret sauce, the difference maker, was that he had favor. He had favor. And verse 2 says that the Lord was with him so that he prospered. So Joseph had the very presence of God in his life. Now, here's my job. My job as a pastor is to take the cookies off the top shelf and put them on the bottom shelf so we could all eat them. And believe me, in California, they are vegan and gluten-free cookies. Amen. Amen. Right? Did you see the little meme on Instagram that if Jesus was multiplying the loaves and the fishes in California, he would do the miracle and people were like, is that fish gluten-free? Is that bread gluten-free? Is that I'm a vegan? And then, (laughs) okay, there's a miracle, people. But the very presence of God was with him. And so what I want to do in my job is, is to break that down for us so we can understand. For me, not just as I go, well, the presence of God is with you. What does that mean? Does that mean that there was a little cloud over Joseph's head, right? Does it mean like Olaf? Remember when Olaf would walk around in Frozen? He'd have that little thing that on the top of his head. Does it mean that when Joseph was walking around, there was a halo on his head? What does it mean that the presence of God was with him? Because if we can understand that, you can understand understand what the presence of God will do for you because the presence of God is with you. Can I hear a good amen? And so what I want to do today is I'm going to break this down and show you this dreamer. He had favor and favor comes with the presence of God in your life. So let me give you four things that the presence of God did for Joseph. Number one, the presence of God provides protection. Everybody say protection. It's interesting that the brothers fought about killing him, but they couldn't. 
How many of you think it's a good idea that you're alive to see your dream come true? And so, the, yeah, I got one applaud out of that. Because if you're not alive, you're not going to see your dream come true. So listen, the dream giver, which is God, is also the dream protector. And so he wants to protect your life. But I thought in everything that Joseph went up and was a part of, they never could kill him because the presence of God and this favor protected him. And so the presence with, uh, of God was with Joseph in the pit. And that's why I, I said the pit is not permanent because even in the pit, God was protecting him. And so we need to be careful that we don't, you know, think that all is lost just because we're in a circumstance. Yes, I understand you may be in a circumstance or in a pit because it was your decision and it was a bad decision that you made that actually got you in the pit. Or maybe it was a decision that somebody else made that got you in the pit. But I want to tell you that the presence of God is with you. Don't die in the pit because God's presence is there and he wants to protect you. You know, David talked about this in Psalms chapter 23, verse four. David said, here's what he said. He said, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to hear, fear because you're with your presence. The very presence of God will protect me from whatever's going on in the valley of the shadow of death. That's why it's important that you don't stop in the valley of the shadow of death and buy a house or rent a hotel room. You keep walking through and you keep walking through. If you're going through hell, keep going through. Don't stop. Because God will protect you. You know, I think about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got thrown in the fire. Three people thrown in the fire. But when they looked, and all those that threw them in the fire looked, there wasn't three people in the fire. There was four people in the fire. And one resembled the very presence of God. And that's why in the pit or wherever you're at right now, it seems like you're alone, but you're not. The very presence of God is with you and it will protect you. Man, Paul, when you look at Paul's life, he had a lot of stuff going on. He was in prison. I mean, he had so many things going on. And in Acts chapter 16, verse nine, it says this, the Lord spoke to Paul and he says, and the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision. Now I believe that visions and dreams can be synonymous. In other words, you can be at night and it can be at night. You can be awake and have a vision and right. And, but the difference is, is having a dream is that you're asleep. And so God gives him a vision. Look what it says. Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. Here it is again. Why? For I am with you for I am with you and no one. Oh, this is good. When God is with you, no one, when God is with you, right? When I am with you, no one will attack you to harm you. For I have, I have many in this city who are my people. And you know, God, uh, the brothers take Joseph and they sell him into slavery. Now I want you to listen to this because I'm sharing with you what I believe God has put on my heart to share with you, but still trying to figure it out in my own brain. Does that make sense? How does God say that a slave is a prosperous man? How does the Bible describe a person? I want you to understand in history, Joseph was sold as a slave. And in this time, slaves were sold naked. In Spanish, encuadado. In the nude. Did he say nude in church? Yeah, you were born nude. You got a birthday suit? Come on, somebody. Don't look at me like I'm the only one that has one. Right? I'm giving you the naked truth. I thought about calling it, that's the message today, the naked truth. 
right? Now, I'm going to tell you why they were sold naked. Because they had to be inspected to make sure because they were about to be sold. I don't know what you think, but my imagination runs wild. But, you know, here's, here's all the slaves. And they're like, all right, guys, assume the position. All of these naked slaves, right, getting ready to be inspected. Oh, Jesus. And the Bible says that Joseph, the Lord was with him, and he was a successful man. I, I, don't under, I didn't understand that. And maybe I didn't understand it because of the way that we, in today's mentality, define success. And I thought what was interesting is that Joseph has nothing, 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 nothing. He's standing there with absolutely nothing. But see, God calls Joseph successful and a successful man, not because of what he doesn't have, but because of what he does have. He has the very presence of God with him. Joseph doesn't have any material possessions, but what he does have is the presence of God. See, success is not defined by what you have, but who you have with you. Possessions can come and go. Houses can come and go. People can come and go. Monies can be deposited and withdraw. But the Bible says that his presence will never leave you or never forsake you. Today, you are successful because of what is in you, the very presence of God. I know that doesn't move some of you, so I'm going to go a little bit deeper. So number one, right? Number one, his presence protects us. But here's what you need to know about God's presence. Number two, the presence of God is the very source of success. It's the source of success. Now, I want you to listen to this, because if you can understand this, here's a guy who's naked, assuming the position, but there's going to be a day where his dream's going to become true. And I think about that moment. I think how shameful it must feel. I, must, I think about how much humiliating it must feel. I think he's probably even thinking about the dream. This was not in the picture that I saw. The picture that I saw and the dream was that my family was bowing down to me like this. I didn't see myself like this. God, what, what's going on? But here's what you need to know about the very presence of God. Do you know that in the literal Hebrew, this text reads like this. The Lord was with Joseph and caused him to become successful. Do you know that word is also translated prosperous? Joseph was a prosperous man. Do you know that the literal word for the word prosperous means this, to push forward? In the Hebrew, it means this, to push forward, to break out, to go over, be good, to meet, be profitable, cause to effect, make to prosper. So I want to ask you this question. Who caused Joseph's success? God did. God was causing Joseph's success. And here is what's interesting God wants you to prosper as well because you have his presence. You know, 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. Everybody say soul prosper. 
I'm going to come back to that because that has to do with your mind. You're never going to move forward, right? And you're never going to be prosperous if you don't change the way you think about God and his presence. Because you may be in a situation right now that you don't feel prosperous, but you have the very one inside of you that causes you to move forward. And he is moving you forward. And now watch this. I think this is important. And so Joseph is about to be sold. And so there are people there that are wanting to buy him. This is human trafficking people. This is, this is not like, you know, Walt Disney. This is, this is, he's in a place where it's not a good place. It could go either good or bad. But can I just encourage you? There's always somebody there that has the resources to bless you. There are always, you never know who's in this room. You never know who you are around at work that has the capacity to bless you. Little did Joseph know that Potiphar was standing in the crowd and Potiphar had the resources to purchase Joseph, right? And the Bible says, I think this is so amazing how God can work. The Bible says that Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight. Listen to me. Potiphar saw in Joseph. Potiphar was an ungodly man who saw in Joseph what his own family didn't see in Joseph. God can use an ungodly person to see favor in you to bless you, even when the people around you don't see it. I find that amazing. God, I'm like, God, use anybody, but I hope that it would be a brother. You know, I hope it would be a Christian brother. But God says, if Christian people don't see it, I'll use the ungodly to bless you. I will cause Potiphar to come into your life to take you and push you forward and push you forward. That's why I want to encourage you today because God can do anything. And from one minute, he's a slave and then he's in Potiphar's mansion Man, living it up. Now, what is favor? It's important because favor is the difference maker and it's the favor of God that's going to help the dream to come true because Potiphar saw in Joseph favor. Everybody say that word favor. You know, that word favor is literally translated grace. And it says that, uh, that he found favor or let's say it this way, grace in Potiphar's sight. So what is favor? Favor and grace is God's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor in our lives. And here's what he does. He gives it to us all freely. Now, not everybody will accept it, but faith is the response that we should have to God's grace. That's how we can be saved. Listen to this quote. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Grace will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Let me say that again. Grace will do for you what you can't do for yourself. Let me give you an example. I could never, no matter how good I am, ever save myself. But it is by God's grace, my response through faith, that I am saved. Grace can do for me what I cannot do for myself. Now, many people want to live in their own self-will, self-righteousness. And basically, self-righteousness is very simple. You're saying, I don't need the grace of God. I will do it. I can do it in my own uh, self-will, self-effort. You don't need the grace. And if you come to those, those, those um, thoughts and you begin to live that way, you're not going to live in the favor of God. 
which you need because the favor is the difference maker, right? I can't heal myself. There are people, there are some of you in this room, you've gone to doctors and doctors, and I love going to doctors. I, I, believe, I believe that medicine is one of the ways that God can heal you, right? But there are some things you've gone to the doctors and it's still, can I just tell you, it's by the grace that we even have healing, right? It's by God's grace. And so Joseph at this point couldn't even free himself as a slave. He was at a point where he couldn't get out of what he was in, but because of the grace of God, he opened Potiphar's eyes and an ungodly man purchased him, purchased him. And this would push Joseph's life forward, you know? And see, if we're not careful, we can come to this place where I've heard people say it, right? They're not living in favor, not living in grace. They say this, oh, Pastor Phil, you know, well, I'm just a self-made man. I'm a self-made man. I'm going to climb the ladder of success. Can I just encourage you? Don't be like the guy who climbed the ladder of success only to find that it was attached to the wrong wall. And in Mark chapter eight, verse 36, the Bible tells us what profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. The message says it this way. What good would it be if you get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade for your soul? Do you believe in success, Pastor Phil? Do you believe in prosperity? Absolutely. God's way, I do. Because look at God's way. Okay, right? The world's, look at God's way. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one what? Okay, we got two people that are okay with saying rich. The other ones are like, I'll get there one day. Got to buy that lottery ticket today. Come on. The, the blessing of the Lord makes one what? Here's the part we need to know. And it adds no sorrow to it. So the world's way is you can gain the whole world and in the process, once you get what you think you wanted to get, you lost your mind. What good is it to get to a place where you think you need to be and don't have your soul anymore? But the Bible says that prosperity, God's ways, you get there and it adds no sorrow to it. So a person who walks in the favor of God and experiencing the blessing of God, the success of God, there's no sorrow to it. But the person who, you know what, denounces the favor in God and said, I will do it my own self. Wow, you may get to a place where you lose your soul. My church family, I'm always very intrigued by celebrities. I always, there's uh, right now on Netflix, there's a documentary on Whitney Hughes. Houston and, and, and I, and I want to watch it because I, I'm just fascinated with people who are so attractive, right? Have you ever looked at somebody like that and you're like, they're so attractive and you just go, oh my gosh, I am so ugly. Look at this. Look at this person. God, like they look like an angel. Like, Lord, like, what were you thinking when you made me? Like, look at that. That's amazing. Like people are like, Ah, look at these people. Oh my gosh, they're so amazing, right? And you see them, the celebrities, right? And, and the movie stars, they're on the red carpet, like signing their autographs. And people are like, like, like they can't breathe. <laughs> Fame, fortune. And many of them die losing their soul. There's someone I'm not going to mention their name, but I think it's Johnny Depp. Did I say that? <laughs> I heard on the radio the other day that he's claiming bankruptcy because he spends $30,000 a month on alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it again because some of you don't believe it. 
in all the millions that he made, 30,000. Do you know what we could do for the kingdom of God with $30,000 a month? Jesus would come back quicker. Right? That's what we're waiting for, for the gospel to go all around the world. And I thought, how many times, I'm not going to tell you, have I wanted to be Johnny Depp? Oh, come on. You don't know anything about 21 Drum Street, the real one. When he came on the scene, right, with the cool hair, right? Man. And then Richard Grieco. Okay, I'm going to stop. But let me just say this. And he came on and I'm like, whoa, man, this is really cool. And I was kind of going through some stuff like that because we had moved so many times in our life. Um, actually, I was with my brother this weekend. We were conning how many times. I was telling him, George, isn't it amazing by the grace of God that we still have our minds? Like, and we went through, my brother, just in 12 years, went to 11 different schools. And we weren't even in the military. I know what you're thinking. We weren't in the military. <laughs> I went to so many schools and here's the thing. They all thought I was an undercover cop because I came in at the end. Like my parents didn't even like plan it. Right. Like, you know, Hey, we're going to get him in at the, you know, here's school starting. No, I mean, we dropped in like four months before school was out and they're like, you must be a narc. I'd go into the, I would walk into the bathroom and people would go like this and grab their stuff. And, and I'm like, well, I don't even know what's going on here. So man, when I saw 21 drum street, I'm like, man, I relate to that. Come on, Johnny Depp, help me. And all of the fame, and you lose your mind in the process. You have to drink every night to calm your soul. Is that success, my church family? Is that success? At the end of your life, you take your life because of the anxiety and the. I'm just saying that there is a way that God has that you don't lose your soul. That's why I remember when we said, I had you say it, it said, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So your life is going to prosper. God wants to prosper you, but your mind has to be transformed. So the degree that you transform your mind, you will see your life prospering because it's even as your soul, your soul matters. I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. I don't want to do that. I want success God's way. Somebody said this, one day of favor is worth a lifetime of labor. One day of favor. See, true success is not where you are, but whether God is with you where you are. That's what I want. I don't want to build Passion Life Church on my gift, my personality. I want to build Passion Life Church on the grace of God and his favor. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, dreamer. See, you may feel like right now, and I, I know that Joseph probably felt like, man, when he was a slave, you may feel like you're down to nothing, but I'm gonna tell you something, God is up to something. And it, it doesn't make sense to me, to be honest, right? It doesn't, this doesn't make sense. You don't have to, uh, uh, let me read what I put in my notes. You don't have what you think you need to accomplish the dream and you feel like uh, you're not where you need to be. But watch this, Romans chapter eight, verse 28. Eight says this, Joseph was a slave and being purchased by Potiphar, it says that we know that all things work together for the good, for those who love God, who have been called according to his purpose. So can I just encourage you, wherever you're at right now, if it's not good, then God's not finished yet. God's not finished yet. But you need to know the presence of God is the source of my success. 
I was thinking about this. What did Joseph do? I mean, his dream's gonna come true. I, I can tell you some of the things that he did do. He kept his heart towards God always. What, what, what did he do though? I can tell you what he didn't do. I'm amazed. All this, the Bible never says that Joseph complained. Right? Well, Pastor Phil, I hope somebody sees the favor of God on my life when I go to work. Well, maybe they would if you'd shut your mouth. Because you're always complaining about how hard this job is. And, oh my God, I went to sleep last night so late. Oh, I'm so tired. Ah, it doesn't look like favor to me. I'm so busy. <laughs> shut up. Joseph never complained. Never complained. He always kept his trust in the Lord, because that's what really resting in God is. No matter what's going on, I'm gonna rest that he is going to protect me. I'm gonna rest, he's the source of my success. He is the one that's gonna bring my dream to come true. So the presence of God is the source of success. And let me remind you again, you have the presence of God. You have the ingredients of God inside of you that's going to push you forward. Can I hear a good amen? Yeah. Are you glad you came to church today? <laughs> hear about Johnny Depp. Here's number three. God's presence will bring about promotion. Now, when I ask you what Joseph did, Joseph was a hard worker. Joseph had some gifts of overseeing stuff. He really did. So when we talk about favor and grace, it doesn't mean that we go to work and we just sit there and say, oh Lord, I'm just gonna thank you for the favor. That's not what happened. But you know what's interesting is that Potiphar would promote Joseph to over everything over his whole house. He was a slave. Potiphar would give him a robe. Isn't it interesting that you go from being naked to clothed like this? And we know he has a robe because we're going to talk about the real housewives of Egypt next week. And we know because she's going to go for that robe, right? She's going to, there's going to, there's going to be some, she's going to start hitting on Joseph. The Bible said Joseph was a handsome man, right? And, and yeah, it's all in the Bible. Come next week. It's amazing. She says, come lie with me, not come tell lies with me, like not take a nap. But you, you know what I'm talking about, Game of Thrones, Potiphar would promote Joseph like this. I'm going to tell you again, God always has somebody in your future that has the capacity to bless you, has the capacity to move your life forward, to see the favor. Don't get discouraged if people around you and family didn't see the favor. God will bring somebody in your life that can see the favor. You know, I thought this was interesting. Joseph's brother sold him for 20 pieces of silver. 20 pieces of silver. How's that for your self-esteem? 20 pieces of silver means 200 bucks today. 200 bucks they sold him. And you know, I think as we go through things in our life, you go through the pit and Joseph's life's not over yet. He's gonna get thrown in prison. So he goes up and he, he goes down. It's very easy if we're not um, careful to allow people to determine our net worth and our value. Don't let circumstances or what people have done determine your value. I put in my notes, let God determine your network and let him do the networking. Let him determine your net worth because he thinks you're, you're worth the price of one Jesus. 
his son that he gave. You know, I, I, again, I just think it's so amazing. Joseph is a slave. He has no business card. He's not like, hey, Potiphar, what's going on, man? Hey. Have you ever seen those people that kind of like shuck and jive? They always have like change in their pocket. Like, hey, what's going on? You know, let's connect. You ever see those? Like, they try a little too hard. You're like, oh, just give me. I do not want to buy a vacuum. Okay. Pastor Phil, I need to network. I need to make a networking is good. Right. But can I tell you, he was networking and he didn't even have a LinkedIn page. And God hooked him up. See, because if we will let God determine our net worth, let him do the networking. God hooked him up with Potiphar and God did the connection. See, that's why favor makes such a difference. And when you have favor in your life, you know what? God will make the correct connection at the correct time. Joseph didn't even know that he was at the right place at the right time for somebody to bless him. That's why you can't quit. That's why God is working in your life. And I'll tell you what, God can hook you up better than anyone can hook you up. Can I hear good amen? God and his favor, I'm telling you, can do things for you that you never thought. And I think he likes to do that. Just so he says, hey, just remember, it's all about me, not about your fancy skills. It's not about all your people skills. We don't even know about Joseph's people skills. All as we know is that he was an overseer and there was such a grace on his life to do something just like God has graced you to do something. Watch this, Genesis chapter 39, verse three. And his master, who's his master? Potiphar. Man, this is the success that I want. I pray this is the success that you get. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Watch. And the Lord made all he did to prosper. Watch it. Let's say it again. And the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. That's a promise of God. Whatever's in your hand, God will make prosper. That's favor in your life. But see, you got to be more dependent on God than dependent on you. I don't want to walk out of the favor of God. I want this to be a part of my life. That God, everything I set my hand to do, God will make it prosper. You know what that means? That God is working. And God will always work harder than you will. That's why we need to rest in him. And here's what the favor factor will do, right? It'll make everything that you set your hand to do prosper. Joseph was working, but by the grace of God, the Lord was making him prosperous, moving him forward. Is that good this morning? Here's the last one. The presence of God, number four, brings his provision in your life. When you have a God-given vision, it will be up to God to bring the provision for the vision that God has for you. You are not on your own. It's not up to you to provide the, pro, the provision. It's up to you to get the vision that God has for you and believe God in faith. But he will provide the provision for the vision. Every time God leads and when he leads my church family, he feeds. When it's God's will, it's God's bill. Come on, somebody. And Joseph has some other things happen, right? And I don't want you to miss next week because we're going to talk about the temptation of giving up on the dream. 
We're going to talk about that because I think as dreamers, we always have different temptations because the enemy does not want to see that dream come true. But I want to end with this story this morning uh, about God brings about the provision. If you're a new part of our church, I'd encourage you to go through our growth track. It's the, at the end of this month, some of you have just gone through and I tell this story all the time. And every time I tell it, it's still just, it, it grips my heart. But Passion Life Church, um, we are a part of a church planting organization called ARC, the Association of Related Churches. And it's not a denomination, it's just a bunch of people that have come together to help pastors that want to start churches. And they have all the latest statistics, all of those things. And one of the things that they say is that if you start a church bigger, instead of just starting like in your uh, living room with a couple people, Bible study, now people's done that. There's nothing wrong with it, but they say you have a better chance. Statistics say if you start and launch big, that there'll be momentum in your church. And they have a 97% success rate of starting churches. And so what they say is that you got to launch big. So you got to buy equipment, like the equipment that you see here. And so they said, if you want to do that and you want to use our financial plan, here's what you got to do. You got to raise $30,000. Now, when I was a youth pastor, I told myself I would never be a senior pastor. And one of the reasons is because I don't like the word senior, you know, come on. Some of you are 70 and you still don't like that word. I don't like that word. That's right. Cause you're young at heart. Let's throw that word away. And so I was like, I, I mean, I'm going to do youth ministry forever, but God changed my heart. And um, so 11 years working at the same church and building a, a, a youth culture and youth ministry of like 800 kids, something like that, man, we were, it was time for us to move to another place. God had put a dream in my heart to plant a church. And so I went to our pastor. Uh, now, let me just tell you this. As I was a youth pastor, I used to travel and do youth conferences. And I would hear guys back in the green room talking about this ARC, you know, this church planting organization. So I wasn't interested at the time because I wasn't starting a church. But here's the thing is that when we started to uh, think about and inquire about starting a church, we found out that, okay, if we are going to do this, the ARC said raise $30,000 and we'll match you $30,000 and you can start the church with $60,000. And, uh, and why would you need that? Well, all the equipment that you see here and, and the kids we bought with all that money. Well, there's one challenge to that. I didn't have $30,000 under my mattress. I didn't have $30,000 at all for anything but I did have a vision. And so when we met with our pastor, watch this, there's always somebody that God can use that has the capacity to bless you. And I'm gonna talk about this a little bit. I served my pastor well, because I always served him as I was serving the Lord. I'm gonna do the best, but you know what? My attitude was always towards God. And so when I sat with him and said, hey, this is what God has put in our heart. He said, two weeks ago, I was praying for you and your wife and God told us that you are going to be a senior pastor. I said, don't say senior, <laughs> lead pastor. He said, and that you were going to move. And he says, here's what we want to do. What's your plan? I said, well, I haven't really, I said, we're probably going to go with Ark. I've heard that. That's oh, good, good. And he says, uh, we're going to bless you. I said, man, that's great. I didn't know if that meant like a Christian side hug. You know what I mean? Like, bless you, brother. See you later. I didn't know what to expect. We needed $30,000. So he came in my office one day and he said, hey, we're gonna bless you and here's what we wanna do. We wanna give you $15,000 towards the starting of Passion Life Church. Whoa, I took a picture of that check. $15,000 that I did not work for, that I did not labor for. It was the favor of God. 
well, there's still a challenge. Because I don't know if you know this, but 30,000 minus 15,000 is still $15,000 that I still do not have. There was somebody in our family that kept telling me, Phil, you need to start a church. You need to start a church. I said, no, I'm a youth pastor. I don't want to start a church. He said, all right, listen, but if when you want to start a church, I want you to come talk to me. I said, okay, I'll come talk to you. So I went and talked to him and he says, I told you, you need to start. Okay, we're starting a church. We believe now is the time. What do you need? Well, we need $15,000 to make up the $30,000 that would you know, help us and they will match us $30,000. And he says, okay, I will give you $15,000, but I'm going to commit to $24,000 uh, to help you move this forward. My church family, in two weeks, we had $30,000. I did not earn it. I did not work for it. I simply trusted the favor of God. Now, I know if somebody gave you $30,000, you'd be clapping a whole lot louder. And that's good for you. See, what you don't understand is that we serve the same God who, right, who all gives us all favor and gives us all grace. That's okay, listen. I know, this, how you clap tells me you need to come back for the next two weeks. Because how you celebrate somebody else's dream can determine whether you get your own. Next week. So we're going to try it again now that you have a little. And so God gave us $30,000 within. That was better, huh? Now, one more before we pray. This, you may really shout. Are you ready? And you're sitting in it right now. Right now. And what I'm telling you is that God will bring the provision for the vision that he's given you in your heart. And you don't have to earn it. And you're never going to deserve it. But it's always by trusting in his grace and his favor that he brings the dream to come to pass in your life. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.